Welcome to the latest edition of the Dolphins In-Depth podcast presented by Simply Healthcare. I am caddy of the show, Armando Salguero. Star of the show, Adam Beasley, loves uniform talk. Let's talk <laughs> uniforms, Adam Beasley, because the Dolphins are 1-0 in their throwback uniforms, which I love and you are vastly indifferent to. Oh, uh, I think indifferent is, puts it kindly. Uh, when, when, when I get on the Twitter.com machine and I see fans going crazy about uh, pajamas and, and, and a plastic shell they put on top of their heads, it makes me scratch my head. Beasley, <laughs> it's, it's very important to look good and, <laughs> and, to, and to feel good, darling. Yes, yes, uh, I know. And and for the members of the Miami Dolphins who get superpowers from the uniforms they wear, God bless them. I'm I'm, I'm glad because it's good for the Dolphins. It's good for South Florida. It's good for all of us. Uh, there are many things that I have passions about, Armando. Uh, uh, the color and and design of pajamas is not one of them. Are you aware that that Sports Center when they went to their Dolphin highlights? The first comment out of the uh, anchor's uh, <laughs> mouth was, look at these two teams. They look great because the Dolphins played the Chargers, and the Chargers wore also wore, you know, their, their full baby powder blue is, I guess, what they call it, with the gold, and it looked great. It looked like 1970s Chargers, and – except they didn't have Dan Fallis. Um And the Dolphins had their wonderful throwbacks. Come on, man! Give it I, up for the unis! I will say this. Yes, they are more aesthetically pleasing than the traditional uniforms. And uh, I know you have information on this, that the Dolphins are probably taking a long road back to those old uniforms. Wake me up when that happens, okay? All right. So uh, I, I will count that as a victory that you admitted that – that those uniforms are nice, and, they are nice. or to, to quote you, aesthetically pleasing. So the Dolphins sit here at 6-3, and three and they just uh, slapated the, the Chargers. That was, that was, there was never a moment in that game, even when it was close, that I felt that the Chargers were going to win that game, Adam. The the uh, the only moment uh, when I felt a little uh, maybe this could go sideways uh, was late in the third quarter or early in the fourth quarter. The Chargers were down uh, six points uh, and driving, and they had moved the ball on the well uh, the, moved the ball well on the Dolphins pretty much since the time of the the Ted Karras fumble, um, either late in the first ha- quarter, or early second, somewhere in that I think it was like early second quarter when Karras fumbled. Or, a sna- or botches a snap or whatever you want to call it. And and the Chargers seemed to get something going after that. And and they had the ball down six points, and they were moving the football. Uh, and then who came to the rescue? Who put on his cape? Xavier Howard. Who, uh, you know, we get all swept up with the Tua hype, and I'm as guilty as everyone. And we we like talking about the new shiny objects, Manuel Agba, Byron Jones, and all that. But we are in the same position now we were at the beginning of the season. Xavier Howard is and remains their best player, their most impactful player, uh, the, the, the one player that can completely change the complexion of a defense and how a game goes. And I, I don't – maybe it's because he doesn't talk a lot, and I think part of that's because the Dolphins don't make him available a lot. 
Maybe part of it is he plays defense and isn't a quarterback. But I think he's actually underappreciated locally and nationally for how good he is and how lost this defense would be without him. Well, my whole thing with Xavier Howard is, yeah, he's awesome. He's very good when he's – but I'm always wondering, is he okay? Is he okay? Is he okay? Because, I'm, you know, he's been hurt a lot, as you know. Mm-hmm. And, and so the question I always have is durability with him. And right now he's, up, he's, he's on a roll, no doubt about that. But I always wonder how long that role can last, not because of his play, but because of that knee. And so that's my – and players hate this talk, by the way. Jay Ajay blocked me on Twitter because I mentioned that he had bad knees and probably wouldn't get a second contract. Guess what happened, Adam? Where, where is Jay Ajay these days? Uh, I don't know if he's in London or Boise or Texas, but he didn't get a second contract. And so that's all I got to say about that. Yeah, because of his knees. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Thank you very much. I mean, the Eagles, you know, traded for him because uh, they they were on a Super Bowl, you know, trip, and he served his purpose. And then when his contract was up, goodbye. Adios. And, uh, adios. Because that was that. I, I do. I do think that uh, uh, Ajay and, and Howard are different in one way. Uh, Howard plays a much, much more valuable position than, than Ajay. So he is going to get the benefit of the doubt. He's going to get teams letting him miss basically every snap of, well, there really wasn't an offseason, but training camp until like a week before the season started because they, they knew that having him in November, December, January was far more important than having him in August. And so I think you got to tip your cap to Kyle Johnston and the medical crew at the Dolphins for – um, you know, putting together a plan that so far has worked. Now, one bad slip, one bad twist, and we could all be talking about the same thing again this coming Sunday. I hope that's not the case. But assuming, and again, that's a big assumption, but assuming he stays healthy, he's their best player. He is, and he shows that week in and week out. He had a quote-unquote uh, bad game in Arizona because, what, did he set the NFL record for pass interferences? Half of those, in my opinion, were, were, were kind of questionable, if not fraudulent. But even still, EPIs, he made DeAndre Hopkins essentially a non-factor in that game, and it was a big reason the Dolphins won that game. Um, and, and, and you saw what Hopkins did last week uh, against the Bills, who I think are fraudulent, as we've talked about, and we'll get into more as we go on. Um, he, was, he had four dudes draped on him, and he goes up and catches the game-winning touchdown on, on a Hail Mary. Uh, he Hopkins probably one of the two or three best, not probably is one of the best two or three wide receivers in the NFL. And, and, and Zavian had a game plan to be physical with him and not give him an inch. And it worked against Arizona. And I, I know he wasn't on Keenan Allen exclusively um, in this past, this past week, but Keenan Allen wasn't a difference maker this past week either. So uh, the, the plan that they had in the off season when they constructed this defense has come to fruition. And that plan is, to have two really good, really, really good boundary corners, uh, have safeties that can make plays, have an aggressive front seven, and hope you find a nickel. And it seems like they found their nickel in Nick Needham. He, he played well again last week as, also. So, uh, but I, I don't think this entire, this, this entire formula works 
if you remove Xavier Howard from it. He's he's just that good. I don't know that it also works if you're facing a really good veteran quarterback. Which leads me to wow, the next, wow. <laughs> which leads me to the next question because here here's the thing you you watch the Chargers game and the Dolphins had uh, Justin Herbert's you know brain falling out his ears. He didn't know what he was looking at. He didn't know what was coming. He didn't know what was happening. They had seven, eight guys sometimes at the line of scrimmage in that, um, what do they call it, the amoeba mm-hmm. look where it looks like, oh, it's an amoeba. And look, they, they're very slippery and they're very, you know, icky. But then they would fall out of it and different guys are coming from different places. And Justin Herbert, by the third quarter, all of a sudden, his accuracy was slipping. All of a sudden, he wasn't certain what he was doing. All of a sudden, oh, yeah, and then he threw that interception, too. So um, it's it's pretty cool from the Dolphins' point of view that they do this to teams. Uh, they basically are – let me let me see if I can word this correctly. Brian Flores was a Bill Belichick uh, disciple. He is he is as close to replicating that defense that that Belichick used as anyone I've ever seen. Yeah, uh, Matt, and, and, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm saying Matt Patricia, who was his defensive coordinator, he hasn't done it. Other Romeo Cronell, who is defensive coordinator, hasn't done it to the degree and to the success that Brian Flores has done. Yeah, and and I think it, it, it you can even take it a step farther. Uh, Brian Flores again, we're we're, we're only what twenty five games into his time, and he has eleven and fourteen. So it's you know, but that that eleven and fourteen record deserves an asterisk because they, they they were an awful football team last year and they still won five games. Um, but he has shown me more in twenty five games um, than any of those Belichick uh, you know coaching tree branches uh, have shown me, with perhaps the exception of Bill O'Brien a few years back. Because, I mean, that, that, that Texas team was consistently good, consistently competing for the playoffs. And I think before Flores, was, he, I, I think you could make the case that O'Brien was the best of all those former Belichick assistants. But, I don't know, you, you can tell me if I'm wrong. It just feels to me different. It feels to me that this is a sustainable thing that they've built. That they're, you know, you're going to have dips and there's no linear progression and all that, I understand. But the fact that we're sitting here on November 17, 2020, talking about the sixth seed in the AFC, uh, half game out of the first uh, of the division, and this was a year off, right? I mean, we're we're still we're, we've reached this we, we we've reached 2021, and we're still in 2020. I wasn't giving them a year off. <laughs> I was expecting you know them to be at least 500. Uh, oh yeah, but if, if if they're 500, it's a disappointment at this point. If they're 500. That's that means true. they they finished two and five. Um, no, and particularly because you look at their schedule, and one of the Rippins, I don't know if it's Mark or Brett or John or Jeff, well, I don't know which Rippin it is, is probably going to start Sunday for the Broncos. 
Uh, and then the week after that, Sam Darnold saying, I'm not playing until I'm 100%. It might be Joe Flacco. I mean, they're, the Dolphins are catching some breaks here. Uh, so if, if they don't finish at the very least 9-7 and seven at this point, it's, it's a massive disappointment. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're absolutely right. We'll talk about some of the quarterbacks that they will be facing later on this season on the other side of this break. Star of the show, Beasley. Uh, I'm looking at the quarterbacks that the Dolphins have faced so far this year, and I'm seeing a little bit of a, how would I say, a, a pattern. <laughs> <laughs> Work with me on this, will you? Okay. Um, so, um, you know, Russell Wilson, good quarterback or bad quarterback? Uh, potential MVP quarterback. Dolphins lost the to him, mm. uh, you know, what, what can I tell you? <laughs> they, they did. Mm. Um, Josh Allen, good quarterback or bad quarterback? And and I know that you're going to go with the Beasleyism, <laughs> but, but, I mean, look at look at what he's done this year. Okay, uh, he, is, he is an above-average quarterback. How does that sound? Very good. Um, that's fair. Because he is up and down. He definitely yes. is. He's, he's a top five, top 15 quarterback in the NFL. He's above average. Right. Dolphins lost that game. Uh, Cam Newton, good quarterback, bad quarterback? Well, he doesn't look very good right now. I mean, I guess he played all right against the Ravens, but that was that was much needed because for about a month he looked like garbage. Yeah, well, they weren't practicing, and he has no receivers. But other than that, <laughs> oh, oh, and he had COVID. I oh, forgot. Yeah. Good point. Good point. <laughs> I would, but, I would, I would. T- in 2020, however, I would take Tua Tagovailoa over Cam Newton. Fair. Uh, put Tua Tagovailoa on the Patriots, throwing to Gunnar Harrelson or whatever the guy's name is. <laughs> uh, see what happens there. I mean, come on now. Let's be fair and honest uh, with the people, with the folks, with the people. And, and 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 by the way, you cannot yet count out the Patriots. They're now four and five. And, uh, and 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 they seem to be starting to figure a few, figuring a few things out. I think that that win against the Ravens was impressive. I think th- this isn't the same Ravens team as last year, but nonetheless, that's that's an impressive win. So yeah, uh, yeah, don't 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 count out uh, the hoodie yet. Yeah. Uh, so the quarterback thing that I was getting to is when the Dolphins defense plays a relatively good quarterback. There's been one game this year where they played a good quarterback and they kind of shut him down, and that was the Rams game. Uh, you don't give him any credit for Garoppolo? Come on, man. 
<laughs> you don't think you don't think Garoppolo's good? Yes, when he's got two legs under oh, him. Oh come on! It's not like he's the most mobile guy to begin with. He's a pocket passer. Adam, they took him out of the game because he could not defend himself. Yeah, because the Ravens were punching him in the teeth. No, I'm talking I mean, about the, the, I'm sorry, the, the, the Dolphins. Dolphins were, yeah, exactly. The Dolphins were punching him in the teeth. Because he was immobile. Because their pass rush is ferocious. Okay. <laughs> sure. And, and, and come on, don't, don't sleep on Gardner Minshew, man. That was, uh, that was impressive what they did to him. Gardner Minshew is not a good quarterback, Adam. He's not even a, he's not, he's not even a starting quarterback anymore. <laughs> he's not a good quarterback. Uh, you know, and look, some of those games that they faced a good quarterback, they won anyway. Arizona Cardinals. Uh, but let's not mince it. You know, that day was Kyler Murray. He had a pretty good game that game. Right. I, I would say. So the point being that when the Dolphins, they've been able to come at these young, not so great quarterbacks and make them look really bad. And they've got a slew of them coming up in the schedule. Do they not? Yeah, I mean, uh, we, we talked about the Broncos situation. Drew Locke, I believe, was a shoulder injury that he's dealing with, or ribs. It might be ribs. Um, that that they, you know, uh, are not at all uh, confident about his availability for Sunday. So Jets, Jets is a disaster. Uh, the Bengals, yeah, number one pick in the draft. Uh, you know, Joey Bosa's ha- – not Joey Bosa. Jerry Burrow's had some up and downs. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, right. And then, and then it's Murderer's Row. It's uh, Kansas City. Derek Carr is Murderer's Row. I mean, he's no worse than Josh Allen. Wow! What? <laughs> oh my God! Why do you hate? I want to hear it right now. Why do you hate Josh Allen? Because he's an athlete playing quarterback. He's not a, court, a quarterback who's athletic. I mean, I, he's what, what he does is fun. Isn't that Ryan Tannehill? Uh well, I mean, is Ryan Tannehill going to win the Super Bowl? Not is there is there is there is there a reason the Dolphins gave up on Ryan Tannehill? Well, yeah, of course, of course, Dolphin fans think that Dolphins made a mistake, but he's come back. <laughs> he's regressed to me. Let's let's put yeah, it that and, way. And, and, and again, those are fine quarterbacks. They're they are quarterbacks that if you have a running game and a really good defense, you can you can build around and you can get to the AFC Championship game like the Titans did last year. But that's a lot of ifs. What you need the NFL is a quarterback that if those things aren't going right, you still win, right? That, 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 that's, that's what you need. And I don't think Josh Allen is that guy. I think he is, he is good enough to get you to nine or ten wins in the regular season and good enough to make you lose in, in, in the wild card round or maybe if you get lucky in the divisional round. And that's fine, but let's not make him out to be that, you know, he's, he's a top ten quarterback. I just don't think he's that good. Very good. Uh, I, I can't disagree with you, and, and obviously I can't argue the point because he has not offered any evidence to the contrary. So as far as Josh Allen is concerned, that's that. Uh, you know, the question is, so where does Tua fall in that? Oh, I mean, I, it's, if you're a rookie, I don't – I mean – you're going to have – your variance is going to be huge. And, that, and that, again, that's part of my issue with Josh Allen is, is he in year three or four now? I can't remember. But he's – Three. Okay, year three. And he's probably got 40-plus starts under his belt at this point, at least 30, 35, maybe 40 starts under his belt. You shouldn't have that roller coaster ride 
at that point in your career. Uh, and if you still do, you're you're a glorified Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, that's you 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 very seldomly see quarterbacks that have those huge highs and lows in their third season, and that third season being their third season as a starter, and and think they're suddenly going to be consistently an elite quarterback. I just don't think that's that uh, same story as. Uh, you mentioned Carr in, in Las Vegas. I think that's that's a similar story. You don't you you have a pretty good idea by 16 to 20 starts uh, if a quarterback is going to be consistently spectacular, and 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 he's just not. And again, he is good enough on a team that's good enough to, to win games. He is. Um, my, my secondary concern with the Bills is their defense. I don't think their defense is any good at all. Um, and, and that was supposed to be, wow, look at all that talent they have on defense, and it just hasn't shown up. So, Which is a long way of me saying that I like the Dolphins' chances to catch Buffalo and win the division. I like, uh, I like the fact that you have also said that small sample sizes are not fair or right. Right. <laughs> like three games. Correct. <laughs> well, I mean, th- think about this. We, we, when we saw what Tua put on tape against the Rams, were you – you walk away from that game saying, oh, man, the Dolphins got something really good here. Against the Rams? No. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that's my point. Uh, with, with, with rookie quarterbacks, you need 15 to 20 starts until you really have an idea. He flashes, and certainly what we've seen from Tua the last two weeks has been very encouraging. But he also got lucky twice, right, maybe even three times. He, he had three balls that could have very easily been picked. The, the one that was deflected that, that Perryman dropped the one that somehow went through the linebackers, not only just his hand, but like two fingers that looked like it went through, uh, and, and the one where he threw it a double coverage to Devontae in the end zone. Uh, those three passes were bad passes, and in another week they would be turnovers. So, so the question being is, can he overcome that? Can he erase those mistakes and continue to throw with deadly accuracy? Because – I got to tell you, I don't need 16 or 18 games to tell you Tua is accurate. That kid is accurate. He he gets the ball pretty much precisely where he wants it most of the time. Yeah, well, what did what did Chan – we talked to Chan Gailey today on, on Zoom. What did he say? He, he couldn't be more accurate? Was That that was essentially the, the, the gist of his message? That's, uh, that's pretty impressive because yeah. Chan, Chan has seen some very accurate quarterbacks like Geno Smith. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and also some very inaccurate quarterbacks like John Elway and Troy Aikman. <laughs> <laughs> and there was that. Uh, so, so, have you looked at what Elway's stats were under Chan? Uh-uh. <laughs> Never mind. No, I want to hear it. You can, no, you can't open no, that door. No, no, they were bad. They okay. were, well, he, I mean, he was a young quarterback. Let's right. just say it took Elway a minute. More than, you know, the rookie year to, to get good. Meanwhile, Marino was lighting it up. But Elway took a minute, and it wasn't good. I would love to get Marino's thoughts on where Tua is right now. I would love to, I would love to pick his brain about the development and, and what he sees the potential of Tua is. Because I don't think there's anybody in that building that has a better understanding of that position than him. And I, and, 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 and I wonder, like, these are questions that we'd love to have. To, to ask him, but they don't make him available to us, sadly. Like, did he did, – was he one of the ones that got up on a soapbox and said, Tua, take Tua and not Justin Herbert? Yeah, I would love to hear his real thoughts. You know, mm-hmm. not the polished, uh, politically correct thoughts, but what he really, really thinks. 
But sadly, we're not getting that. We're not even getting the polished, politically correct thoughts because, like you said, uh, he doesn't want to give them, and they don't want to provide him to speak with us. Mm-hmm. So there is that. It's a great, it's a great in these Zoom meetings when you can't go up to a guy and then he can't get away from you. At that point, you're talking to him. Yeah, and and I think more broadly, it's not to not to pat ourselves on the back, but I'm going to go ahead and do it. I think we, as a, the Miami Herald and, and, and as the South Florida media at large and, and, and the national media, have done a pretty solid job uh, getting to the root of some issues on a team that, A, is quiet by nature and, and, and distrustful of the, the, the media by nature uh, in a year that access has been unlike anything we've ever had before. And we, we still have kind of a good, a good grasp of what's going well, what's going not inside that building. So kudos to us, Armando. Distrustful. And yet, Brian Flores likes the old uniform. He likes the throwback (laughs) uniform. I got that out of him. I got that out of him last week. I I forced him. I was was looking at him really hard on that Zoom meeting. I was piercing him with my eyes. who, Who do you think dislikes uniform talk more, Brian Flores or me? Uh, he's not in love, but you know what? It's funny. He's brought it up like twice. <laughs> okay. So when are they, okay, we'll, we'll get out of here on this one. Cause this is the only reason people are listening anymore. When are those uniforms coming back full time? Uh, I would not be surprised if it's 2021. Really? I would not be surprised if next year the team is going into its new, uh, practice facility that is at this point going, looking you know, like it's pretty much built mm-hmm. uh, adjacent to Hard Rock Stadium. I'm sure it's not totally done because, I mean, they're, they're not exactly letting us in the buildings or anything like that. Um, but I can see I can see you have a new facility, you have the throwback uniform, and it's Tua's second year, mm-hmm. and the team and the rebuild is in year three. It's go time, baby. Particularly if they get the job, finish the job this year, and make the playoffs, and they don't even need to win a playoff game to be honest for this to be a successful season. If they go ten and six and get to the wild card round after being five and eleven, and we were talking about the worst roster in NFL history last year, um, yes, it's time to break out those those pajamas and 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 and, and it'll be like Christmas morning. You'll uh, you'll sit in your your PJs and you'll be happy for all the presents. And the president is Tua Tagovailoa leading the Miami Dolphins to a new era of of greatness. And with that scene, we will leave you with thoughts of sugar plums and uh, <laughs> and turkey next week. Hey, um, are we going to do this next week? It's of course. Thanksgiving. Of we course. Are? Yeah, there are no days off in the NFL, Armando. No days off? No. No, no time off. Okay. All right. All right so, so victory this week against Denver or loss? Oh, my God. I mean, <laughs> was it uh, the Lions three? I am not a betting man. <laughs> but if I were? Uh, I'd be hammering minus three, absolutely hammering minus three, because the Broncos are not a good football team, and they're going to have a JV quarterback under center. The Broncos are going to fire their coach at the end of this year, I bet you. Yeah, I bet you're right. Yeah. When, no, All no, right. No, 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 no. we got to get out of here on this. Yeah. When's John Elway take some heat? He's John Elway. Yeah. I'm going to go, <laughs> re- go eat at his restaurant on Saturday. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Uh, he just got back from 
from the Rona, you know. He he just I mean, he's not cooking. Yeah, so don't I don't worry know. about it. Adam. I don't know if he's going to be sitting me at my table and taking my drink order. <laughs> uh, but I just want to tell you, he just got back from. That is a fact. That, that is. Just uh, hasn't been able to find a good quarterback or a coach to to you know basically develop one. But he makes a mean bone-in ribeye here. Is that right? Is that the thing? Oh, I don't know. I'm, uh, that's that's what I'll be ordering. Very nice. All right, so tune in next week. We will be discussing the victory over the Denver Broncos because you heard it here. Star of the show, Adam Beasley, has predicted it. And if he says it, take it to the bank. Thanks for joining us.